What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude and Sam. Congratulations on uh, your team, the Denver Nuggets, winning the NBA Finals. Uh, really cool to see. Uh, so how, how are you feeling today? I mean, like, you know, uh, when I when my team won, I realized, uh, you know, it, it kind of fucking sucks, uh, the NBA. Um, you know, it's annoying when I'm the finals MVP. It's very frustrating um, when I'm the MVP of the league. Um, guys would literally, um, kill people to, you know, be the finals MVP, but I'm just kind of annoyed by the whole thing. Um, it's very like frustrating. Um, yeah. So, so that, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I hope, uh, all, uh, NBA porters, uh, breathlessly cover me, uh, and how cool that is that I, uh, actively despise <laughs> playing in the NBA. <laughs> I was going to say, I would have more, I, 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 I need, first off. I do respect Jokic as a basketball player. I would have more respect for him if he just started showing disdain for literally he, he shows disdain for the sport, but he needs to show more disdain for the media and how yeah. we in general. That's I, where he I was yeah. I was saying this in, in a group DM. I think you're you're in the group DM with me where I'm saying this. Like I would respect it way more if he like all the like NBA reporters who like breathlessly like this is crazy. Look at this guy. Yeah. If, if Jokic was just like, I fucking hate you. Away from me. <laughs> like if he was just straight up, like read that. If he treated them the way like Kyrie treats them, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> way better. Like that, that would be like That's so yeah, much better. better. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, with some different opinions behind it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, uh, no genuine congratulations to um, Nuggets fans. I know like I I'm, I'm I'm critiquing I've critiqued the path, but the truth is that there's no such thing as a soft NBA finals one. It's 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 always fucking hard no matter what. Every team gets some good luck to some extent. I think I only bring that up to like push back on like the idea because this fucking happens every time there's an NBA champion where it's like, oh, can they win like three in a row? It's like, well, probably not because like that's just really fucking hard. The the only team to do that was like the the uh, Warriors adding to a seventy one team, like uh, a two time MVP or whatever the fuck Durant was, like it, because of a crazy cap spike. Like, um, probably they probably won't win again next year, and that's fine. That doesn't mean that this was Fugazi. No. You you win the, no, this no, is what you win the championships for. Ask the Boston Celtics. Ask my fucking team. Like, <laughs> you know, or, or yeah, any other team. They they, they were uh, they were definitely a championship worthy team. They certainly uh, like just took care of the job. I mean, they, they the fact that they took out the Miami Heat in the fashion that they did, I have to just thank them so much that uh, you know the Miami Heat fans they struggled for three days and then they found out that they're going to get a guy who's made three All Star teams for Tyler Hero. So, <laughs> I'm so really, excited. I'm so excited. Let's fucking go, everyone! Everyone! Everyone is screaming at me like. Um, McConaughey in um in uh Interstellar like pounding on the glass. No, no, he's doing it again. I'm telling, I'm 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 dying with this. That so I just pointed out the 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 proof that the Denver Nuggets are good is that they won the NBA championship. The Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat never won the championship because they're not good. So you can't win the championship with uh you your freak luck. Uh, so sorry. Um, it, your freak luck will never win you the championship, bozos. Um, so yeah, Miami Heat. Um, I'm really excited for them to ruin their franchise for ten years with this Bradley Beal trade. 
Uh, cannot wait. Well, we'll see if that happens on draft night. Uh, if you want to hear our full thoughts on the Bradley Beal trade, we did a podcast yesterday, a stream on this. The audio is up on the Unoball Patreon. We This is the fifth episode that we're doing this week. I talked about the Rockets offseason, the Thunder offseason, and some draft stuff as well. So if you want to check those out, all of those podcasts are available on the Unoball Patreon. But before we get into anything else, let's talk about our sponsors from Underdog Fantasy. The season's over. We can't. I can't get picks wrong anymore. But as you can see here as I pull up, you can use the promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, to go on Underdog and get a $100 deposit match today. And they already have some NFL stuff up on there for next season. They have best ball where you can build a team on there and you can enter to win. First place gets $3 million. There's up to $15 million in prizes Right now, you can go on Underdog, and as you can see here, they have a few different things going on with the NFL. So if you want to do some fantasy stuff, some year-long fantasy stuff with Underdog, they also have Pick'em for the season-long stats for NFL players. You can go higher or lower on Jalen Hurts passing yards, for example, rushing yards, those kind of things. So go on Underdog today. Sign up for that. We have a bunch of other stuff coming with Underdog that should be fun as well. So check it out if you have not already. It supports the program and I would really, really appreciate it. So, all right. So back to the NBA. We have a lot of slop going on. There's slop dropping left and right, but this this is the biggest slop that we've gotten recently. Obviously the Bradley Beal stuff like that. We recorded that yesterday. Like that seems pretty certain it's going to happen, but the Bradley Beal thing has kind of been this cloud that's hanging over the slop world for about two or three years now mm-hmm. where we knew at some point this was going to happen the thing that we didn't know was going to happen that could possibly happen it seems like the amount of people that are talking about a zion williamson trade it feels like if it doesn't happen right now it this is kind of the beginning of the end <laughs> at, at, at the very least um, the, there are rumors that the Pelicans want to trade up to the third pick, and everyone assumed it was Brandon Ingram originally uh, to get Scoot Henderson in the draft. But then we hear later that you know Brian Windhorst says they're not going to get rid of Ingram. They might be open to they might be open to moving Zion instead of Ingram. In, uh, Zion is meeting with David Griffin today. We've gotten rumors from Ro- the Rockets being interested in him. We've gotten rumors from everyone that people seem to think that Zion might be available so i tried to come up with some fake trades and i kind of really can't gauge what zion's trade value is i have a hard time figuring out what you would get back for a player that is in his current circumstance signed that max contract last offseason has barely played he averages 28 games a year in his nba career so far but when he is on the court He's like a top 12 player in the league. He's one of the most efficient post scorers in NBA history. He has been a dominant offensive force. And I just kind of struggle. So if you were in the Pelican shoes, obviously we don't know all the information. We don't know what's going on inside the locker room, whether he suggested that maybe he wants a different spot, whatever it is, and maybe they're just trying to get ahead of it. But what would you do if you're the Pelicans and what would you be looking for in return? I mean, I would... I mean, because the thing is, like, Brandon Ingram, you know, is like a, a good player, right? Like, Brandon Ingram is probably, what, a top 25, top 20 NBA player? Somewhere in that range? Is that fair? 
Yeah, I mean, if you like, listen it out, it might be like a few spots different, but like in that right. range or like yeah, so, are, like lower end all star. So yeah, so like you know, that's obviously not good enough um, to like seriously win a championship. And you know, the problem is that there's just not a lot of guys who are those like game changers, right? I mean, I think that that was what Parm was arguing on our uh our draft our, our mock draft stream like, was that he would take zion just but based on the fact that the talent is like so undeniable like mm-hmm. he really does have top five player in the nba talent which is just rare like there's just not a lot of guys there's you know eight or nine guys in the league and the, the fact is you got to have one of those guys if you want to win the championship yep. so you know in from that perspective you shouldn't trade him. Now, the other perspective is it just doesn't seem to be happening for the Pelicans, you know, and what might be what might be a bad idea generally, just sometimes things kind of like run their course. And it just doesn't seem like things are going to change for Zion in New Orleans. Like, it just seems like there might be just too much baggage, too much other stuff going on. And at that point, you've just got to like move him on. But like, is that going to be what's best for Zion's career to like go to like New York, for example, you know, like, sure. I, 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 I wonder, you know, like he would kind of have to go somewhere that has like infrastructure, but then, you know, if you're the Pelicans, you also have to be getting a like comparable player back who probably that you're, who's probably not get, doesn't have Zion's upside, but is, you know, on average about a similar level player. And just a lot of times teams that have those caliber of guys would much rather have the bird in hand versus like the theoretical two in the bush that uh, Zion has, you know, that Zion represents. So um, it's hard. It's hard. Like, you know, like I don't think is, is like Trey young and Zion, like a, a, a fair trade. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. If you are New Orleans, you're probably better off. You're probably better off waiting to see who becomes available because you can try to get that top end talent guy without like having to take a risk. I like Scoot Henderson a lot. I think he's a great prospect. But like, I would take if if I were ranking like who I would want, Wemby's the only one in this draft that I'm taking over Zion in terms of potential for what he can be and whatever. I'm going Zion too. Like, like these rumors that are coming out about like Houston offering the fourth pick for Zion is like kind of crazy to me because like we said, I know that he hasn't been on the court a lot and maybe there are things, maybe new Orleans is only doing this trade because they just believe Zion is never going to get healthy based on his medicals and based on, you know, his work ethic and like getting rehab and the stories that we've heard coming out. But, but at the same time, like, like you said, there's only like, 10 to 15 players in the NBA that truly at the end of the day really, really matter. And we just saw someone did a post the other day that was like 40 of the last 44 champions had a, had a player that has won an MVP yeah. uh, in the <laughs> NBA. Like, yeah. and so like Zion, if healthy could be an MVP level player. And the Sixers were in this position with Joel Embiid after a few years when he was in, a, a position where didn't play his first two years, barely played his third year. They extended him. He played a lot more in his fourth year, but like through four years, he had played even less games 
than Zion Williamson. And then finally, in his fifth year, sixth year, things really started to click for him. He was able to get healthy, and he has now turned into an MVP himself and is one of the few players in the NBA that really matters. So, like, the idea that New Orleans should be open to trading him, I don't think I agree. Now, the one part that people did bring into, uh, you know, account here was this new CBA is going to make it for these teams like New Orleans, they have two max guys in Ingram and Zion. They have a third guy that makes just below the max in CJ McCollum. And then they have a guy in Trey Murphy, who's also rising right now that will probably demand on his first extension in which will kick in in like two years. will probably demand somewhere in like the twenties in terms of, uh, in terms of contract, if not, you know, we'll see how he, he performs over the next year or two, but he'll certainly be bringing in a lot of money. So now you're talking about like all this money, for these few guys that can't stay healthy, like Zion and Ingram both have their own health issues. But if I'm New Orleans, I'm probably not entertaining it unless I can figure out a way to get one of those guys that is kind of like you said, like maybe a Trey Young or like maybe even Trey. I mean, I don't. The other thing is that like stars won't put New Orleans on their list, but there might be certain guys where we're getting to the point where like, one, one, everyone's already made their move and moved all their assets. So, like, the teams that they would want to go to, like, the Clippers or the the uh, the Bucks or some of these teams that are, like, currently, you know, contender-ish or the Heat if they make this Miami – or if they make this uh, Bradley Beal trade, like, we might be running out of places where stars can demand to go and they have enough to get that star back. So, a team like Houston – like, if I were Houston – to me, the fourth pick for Zion, if that were a real offer, I would do it in a heartbeat. I, that's completely worth the risk to me because right now we kind of have no nowhere to go. And unless it becomes – like I, I try to think of a situation where a team had a really good young player. It's literally the only comp I can think of here is Ben Simmons. Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say they had a really good young player – and ended up not trading him and it and it and it, and, and over time his value got worse and Ben Simmons was and, and and now that we look at it in retrospect the nets were like oh my god why did the nets do that kind of thing whereas the majority of these times with these young guys were just like wait it out see how we t- see what happens and and more often than not they can turn it around and they, and then it, it turns out better for the team that makes yeah. the that doesn't make the trade I mean, hand down, man down. I thought the Nets kind of won that trade, to be honest, like when it happened. Like, because I thought Ben Simmons was guy. I, I did not realize. I thought a change of scenery would fix Ben Simmons, and it clearly <laughs> did sure. not. So, like, I, I think, you know, I, I got to kind of own up to that one, you know. Like, so <clears throat> can I give you a trade? Sure. Zion would. Uh, <laughs> The Pelicans receive John Moran. <laughs> oh God! For Zion Williamson. It kind of makes sense for both teams. I'm just gonna put that out there. I mean, the Grizzlies would literally never do that, but like, no. I'm just saying that makes 
it makes more sense than either team would want it to. Like, I'm just going to say. 2019 draft, hey, here's your problem. I'll take your problem. Yeah, exactly, insanely, yeah. Insanely talented players who just can't seem to get things right off the court. But, like, the money yeah, matches. What's <laughs> that? The money matches almost identically because they're on the so, same contract. I was trying to think. So, so if we think the Scoot stuff is real, then is there any way that Charlotte or Portland is putting an offer on the on the table that for Zion that is something that New Orleans would be interested in, and and if they care enough, like one, does the fit make sense? And two, do, is there enough that you can give up? Because, like, Charlotte doesn't have anything. Charlotte's, like, an amorphous blob. So, like, Charlotte, you just, their only real asset is the second pick unless they're willing to trade LaMelo, which if you're trading LaMelo, what's the point in getting Zion? Right. Um, so, I like, hypothetically, yes to both of those teams, but there's two problems. So, one, I think Zion's from the Charlotte area, so you're sending a guy from back Carolina. home. Yeah. And he's already kind of, it sounds like there's been some questions about like the people around him to begin with and like him getting, you know, in that role and him kind of being healthy. I don't, I, I, you know, if I come off like I'm boomering, like apologies, but like, it does seem like there is a difference that this isn't a boomer thing. Like it does seem like Zion kind of had more control over this situation and isn't, necessarily putting the work like how do you read those tea leaves i guess i would say because i i i'm kind of believing that he has not necessarily put in the the work for it but like how do you read those reports like i don't know i i kind of struggle with it because i don't think that he ever wanted to be in new orleans in the first place and i I think that i think that part of it is if he were to get to a situation like i mean i i always use this team as the example but like if Miami were to trade for him, yeah. everyone would be like, oh, he doesn't fit the Miami Heat culture. And it's like, I'm sure he'll give a shit. No, about they, they would, like, they would, everyone's talking about how scary Brad Beal would be on there. Zion, that's fucking terrifying. That's they a would, nightmare. Yeah, yeah that exactly. is like, that's scary. That's yeah. actually scary. Like, the adrenochrome they have access to, like, like incredible. Like, they would just, he, he would, every, every, he would be a, a world destroyer on that team. Yeah. Um, and, and beyond that, you have the fact that beyond that, you have the fact that uh, I think I think Zion. I, I don't really know what to make of like the off the court stuff. I don't know nearly enough to really make an informed decision on it. But everything we've s- said, it just sounds like a guy who is like, "Will you just fucking trade me already?" Like that's the only reason I think that New Orleans might be entertaining. Because if I were New Orleans, I would be like, I'm not trading this fucking guy. He's too good for me to trade. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he hasn't been committed to his rehab multiple times now have been at least reports coming out. The way that the players were talking about him after the season, do you remember that when they lost in the play-in? And yeah. Like, well, CJ. And CJ. And last like, trader CJ McCollum was uh, throwing his fellow player under the bus, something he's grown quite accustomed to over this last year. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, but also Brandon Ingram did and like Brandon Ingram is a guy that's been there with Zion since the jump in New Orleans they've now played together for what four seasons and 
if he's a young player who's like talking about, hey, I played through injury, I wanted to be here, all that shit. CJ said similar shit. We all want to be here. We need to show up. We need to do our work. We need to do whatever. And they're all taking thinly veiled shots at Zion. That's where this becomes a different story to me. And like, maybe you have to move on from him if it is just becoming like too big of a distraction, too toxic for what your situation is. But like, what team would he want to go to where he would be committed? Because like, we don't know if he would care about like going to Portland. Like, like, yeah, like Portland could theoretically put an offer on the table, but like, does he fit with Dame because of the defensive issues? Uh, although that offensive fucking duo would God. be insane. That's also just like that would like cause like three million deaths in the Pacific Northwest. Like with Blazers fans in the history of injuries, like trading oh, for Zion, like that. Just I don't want that for Blazers fans. Like I just don't. Like that's just it would certainly too, be stressful. Yeah, it's just yeah. too mean. But I mean, I I, I don't know. Like it, I, I you and I were talking a little bit off air before this, and I'm just like. I'm clicking around the trade machine and it is really hard to find what his value is and what that trade, you know, would look like. Yeah. And it's just, I, I, I don't know. Like unless, unless new Orleans number one priority is just getting a prospect like scoot to one reset the money timeline. So like, look, if you get scoot and scoot hits, then you have Brandon Ingram on a max contract. You could probably kind of reshape your team a little bit. And like, that's a that that at least changes your timeline. And if you're a GM and you're like, I'm trying to keep my fucking job here, at least that resetting of the timeline for David Griffin could be like, look, we have all these picks, we still have every fucking pick in the world. We have, and now we have two young stars in Scoot and Ingram. And at least I know that Scoot's probably going to be healthy and want to be here, which is an important part of this whole thing. Right. If that's like the main thing and Charlotte has as to get, I don't want to get all bill here, but like Charlotte has the second pick and they have uh, a new owner potentially that like, you know, the thing is they're not going to sell in the next week. It's not like that's going to happen anytime soon, but like, I guess it would have to wait until the new ownership group took over, but like trading the second pick plus Gordon Hayward's expiring contract just to make money work or whatever. Um, could be something that they could explore. Now, one, does Zion want to be in Charlotte? Two, more importantly to me, if you're making that trade as Charlotte, you need to be pretty certain about his medicals. And like, I generally operate along the theory as a small market team, you can't just do what big market teams do. Like the reason why Denver and Milwaukee were able to do what they did is because they got extremely lucky in the draft and they hit on Giannis and Jokic and they were able to build out their team. And yeah, maybe they made like, one or two trades here for like ancillary pieces like Drew Holiday or Aaron Gordon. But the reason they were able to do that was because they got their, their two main guys in Middleton and, uh, and, and Jamal on, on the side of the, their superstar players through the draft or like early trades in their career when it comes to Middleton. And I kind of think if you're a small market team, you can't really be like, yeah, we'll just trade for this guy, Zion Williamson, and hope that everything works out. Uh, because generally speaking, I think you should probably try to build through the draft and like organically if you're in a small market. The, the big market teams, though, like, are the Knicks even interested in him anymore? Like, are the Knicks like lining up to it get... It seems like Donovan Mitchell stuff is 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 what the Knicks are doing now. Like, again. again. Yeah. yeah. 
They should be in the Luka Doncic business, but that's not neither here nor there. So, yeah, I mean, it's possible that the, the Donovan Mitchell thing's popping up again, and that he could get moved sometime in the next year or two. But like for now, I like I said on the Beal stream, if I were the Knicks, I would just be waiting, like you said, like I'd be waiting for Giannis or Luka or Embiid or one of these like bigger names that has a little bit more certainty than a Zion Williamson when it comes to like injury stuff. Houston, Houston's interesting because I don't think Houston could just give up the fourth pick. and get, It's not like if they want Scoot, getting the fourth pick does nothing for the Pelicans. Like, okay, great. Unless you get the fourth pick and you can convince Portland with the third pick to be like, hey, take some future first plus the fourth pick, and maybe they like Amen Thompson or someone else different at four, Cam Whitmore or something. And I, I kind of just look at it like I would rather – if I'm – Making that trade, I want to get other stuff back. So what am I getting other than the fourth pick in the draft? Am I getting Jalen Green? Am I getting – I don't like Jabari Smith as a prospect as much as other people, but other people seem to value Jabari Smith highly as a prospect. Jabari Smith, uh, Shangoon, like who am I getting in addition to this fourth pick that I can sell to my fans that's a young guy – that's still on his first contract because I don't want to be trading for stars that might not want to be here. Uh, I think that that is an opportunity where you might be able to swing. Like if you, if you're, if Houston's willing to go fourth pick plus one of their young prospects, whether it's Shangun or Jalen green, those are really the two that I would be interested in. I'd be willing to entertain that, but like, I'm not, I'm not doing it just for the fourth pick and, and hoping that amen Thompson is, is you know the next like crazy creator wing type like I I just don't I think that's too much of a risk for New Orleans to take in their current position I think Scoot feels like more of a sure thing to me yeah I I'm I'm while I I mean I am all in on Scoot when we did the the, the mock draft that I, I I did that Wizards trade um even though we took Scoot at two. I just executed that wizard's trade just because I took the time to cook, cook up, cook up that war crime. But um, I would, I probably would not do that deal from the wizard's perspective if Brandon Miller was the one on the board because I, I think Scoot is in a tier all, all his own. I understand that Brandon Miller has a high floor, yada yada yada. I just, I, I, I think Scoot is a worthy number one pick in a lot of drafts. I think of him as like an Anthony Edwards type of talent. Um, if that makes sense, like, yeah. you, you know, like he obviously it's not one to one. He's not as big, but you know, everyone was really excited about Ant that draft. You know, like he's he wasn't a clear number one, but like everyone recognized this guy could be a franchise player. I think Scoot could be a franchise player. I don't see Brandon Miller that same way. I see Brandon Miller as like a guy who maybe gets to an All Star team, um, like later on in his career. I, I just don't think he's like monstrously changing your fortunes. I would take him absolutely if I were Charlotte. And I wouldn't look back because you're you're just fucked. Um, and it, maybe that's what they still might do. But it, 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 I think that the idea is that they're probably going to take Brandon Miller. Um, war crime. I just cooked up. Let's go. Um, the Brooklyn Nets receive. First off, first off, share share it on the screen first. Uh, okay. I think people need to see this. Uh, okay. I mean, it's it's not that complicated, but okay. it's 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 gross. Um. Oh, wait, wait. I forgot that we have the different thing here. Because I have. To, I would have to. Oh no! Wait. I can just do it here. Never mind. 
Share your screen from the settings. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, the Brooklyn Nets get <laughs> get out of here. I was like, wait, how does this money work? And then I saw the Pelicans, and I was like, oh no, for no. anyone who's listening, it's Amphrey Simons and Zion Williams going to the Nets. <laughs> the Trailblazers getting Mikhail Bridges, and the Pelicans getting. Ben Simmons in the third pick in the draft. I mean, look, if Scoot's your number one target and you have to take back some money to make it work and you hope that you can, like, save Ben's career, or maybe there's a fourth team you could get involved just to take Ben's contract for, like, an extra first. I mean, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I I, uh, I, I mean, this is not a one-to-one. I mean, if you think – because I just think of Ben as someone who could hypothetically – contribute because that's the problem is the pelicans don't really want picks you know what i'm saying sure. like they are close like what they they, they gave the the sun's hell last year out of the eight spot like without zion so it's not like they need some of this other stuff but I, I i don't know i just think it's so hard it's just so hard to do this i mean i really think the, the closest i can come is the fucking john morant trade <laughs> <laughs> like it's like I, a realistic trade, but like I, you, you, like I honestly think that both teams should like think about that. Another one I played around with like is like Pascal Siakam for Zion, but like I don't know about that. What well, like it's not how Toronto operates. Like, yeah, that's, that's it's like, yeah, like like they, and, and it's and not, also and, Scotty and Barnes is a power forward, and they yeah. seem to be committed to like you know, building around that for whatever reason. And they might um, lose Fred Van Fleet. So like their team won't even be good enough right. if they lose Siakam and Van Fleet to then turn around. It's not like last year when they could have traded Scotty Barnes for Kevin Durant and become contenders immediately. Like that, that was a different story last offseason when we were talking about it. Now they're just in a completely different boat because they have Jakob Pertl's a free agent, Fred Van Fleet's a free agent, Gary Trent Jr. is a free agent. Like, Half of their team is free agents. OG Ananobi has one year left on his deal. Pascal Siakam has one year left on his deal. Like they're just in a different position than they were in last offseason. I think their hiring of this guy, this this guy for the Memphis uh, assistant coach, mm-hmm. signals that they're headed in the direction of like a reset. I don't think they'll ever do a full rebuild, but like I think they're they're gonna like try to get back. They're apparently interested in moving up in the draft too. Like apparently they're trying to get into the top three. They're another team that's been floated around out there. So like Mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a crazy fucking draft night. Like there are going to be once I I said it like this, the off season officially starts when Charlotte is on the clock, because once we know who Charlotte's taking at that pick, yeah, all hell's going to break loose because we're going to get teams trying to trade up to get Scoot, throwing offers at Portland. Portland's going to be trying to get win now players, whether it's Zion or Mikhail Bridges or whoever. A year, it's funny because a year ago, I specifically remember a podcast of they had a Blazers reporter on and they were talking about, for some reason, they were talking about like, would the Blazers be interested in Zion? And a year ago, this reporter said, well, I think they would just prefer to keep, like, they wouldn't even trade Anthony Simon straight up for Zion because of Zion's injuries. And now we're like talking about them trading Anthony Simons in the third pick for Mikel Bridges, who's a very good player and would fit with Dame. But like the upside of trading for Zion Williamson is greater than any player that has been traded in years, really. Like, I mean, like even KD is old in his injury concerns. Like 
the upside that you could get to potentially get like I think Zion Williamson has the talent to be an MVP in the NBA, and those are the only players that truly, truly matter. And I, that's why I'm like, unless it is beyond repair in New Orleans, I'm not even considering trading him. Can I give you one more? Yes. <laughs> so, Lori Markin. So, for those of you listening at home, this is ridiculous. Yeah, that Lori Market and Kelly Olynyk, and however many picks to the Pelicans for Zion Williamson going to the Jazz. Yeah, Mormon Zion's going to hit different. You know, I mean, we need, I to get, we need to get Zion away from the OnlyFans. Can, can I just can I just say this though? I guarantee you, Danny Ainge is planning around this. This is Danny Ainge's mo: is targeting top five players guys sure. with Zion Williams style. He did it with Kevin Garnett. He tried to do it with Anthony Davis. Um, this is like the thing he did. He really, he didn't really want to trade for Kyrie. He just kind of did it. Cause Gordon Hayward, like they, they got lucky with Gordon Hayward free agency because of the Brad Stevens thing. And he was like, all right, well, fuck it. Like we're, we're competing now. I have to do right. something with this, but like traditionally his like big multi-year plans involve, trying to get guys like this. So I guarantee you if Zion Williamson is available, I know the rat bastard Danny Ainge so well as a Celtic, this, this evil little man will is definitely going to be calling and trying to get Zion to like warm in. It would be very funny to like make only fan models, like just show up to like, jazz games. Like, Salt Lake City. Yeah. I love, I love that idea. I gotta say. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Oh, they pretty were really, good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. But, pretty I, but I mean, those are those are the kind of trades we're talking about, though. Like at the end of the day, here. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that a, a few days ago, Rosillo and Bill did uh, their draft where they drafted guys. I wouldn't be surprised if this yeah. player and they drafted like all these players, and they wouldn't be surprised if this player's traded this offseason. And they ended up on a different team. And, it, of course, it was, like, all the, the Damian Lillards, the Carl Anthony Towns, whatever. Do you know the one guy that they didn't include that I was surprised by was Laurie Markkinen? I was like, yeah. that's such a Danny Ainge thing. Oh, we got this guy in this trade as, like, a nice piece. And he made the all-star game his first year with us on one of the best contracts in the NBA. Uh, why don't I just trade him to a team on draft night and get, like, like or could they I, – I think – a lot of the, the problems with most of these trades for the Blazers specifically is that a lot of the stars that are available are offensive first guys, and they're going to want to look for guys that are defensive, like Mikhail. Whereas, like, Zion and Laurie are great players, but, like, they're going to go to fucking Portland and be the second guy to Dame and have these massive defensive issues. I wonder... I, uh, no, because he would need to be a sign-in trade. I forgot Brooks expiring. I was thinking about it, like a Brook and Drew Holiday package to Portland for, like, oh, to Portland. getting involved in in like a Bradley Beal thing, you know? Like, so that's another team that that could be yeah. interested. Uh, and and we'll talk a little bit more about Beal and and that stuff on the second half of this episode. So this is the end of the free portion. If you want to hear us talk about a bunch of other different draft slot teams that are high up that are looking at picks. We there, there have been some reports about where guys could go in the draft. There's also some Zach Levine slop that was out there today. 
about him potentially being moved this offseason. Christoph Porzingis. There's a ton of different names that could be on the move. So if you want to hear us talk about that, the link is in the description. Subscribe to the You Know Ball Patreon. This episode will probably be two hours just like every other time we do it. And also there are multiple free, uh, not free pods, multiple pods on there that you can only get on the You Know Ball Patreon that we recorded this week as well. So check that out today.